Okay, good morning, gentlemen. We are at the Mishnah on Lamed Vav Amid Beis, 36b at the bottom, three lines from the bottom. And we're going through different mitzvah rules. Kol mitzvah, she tluya ba'aretz. And actually, that's what today's Gemara is going to be about. How do you define that? Any mitzvah that's literally hanging on the earth, it has to do with being in a certain place. Uh, not any certain place, in God's palace in Israel, ain't in Ohogis, So that mitzvah only applies to Eretz Yisrael. But if it has nothing to do with being in Eretz Yisrael, so then, then it applies in the land and outside the land. Except, with every Mishnah we've had our exceptions, Mina uh, Orla, Orla has to do with growing the fruit the first three years, uh, that we don't use it, so even though that has to do with land, that applies even outside the land of Israel. The first three years, it's forbidden. Viklayim, uh, also mixing, if you grow things, uh, uh, having uh, different things growing together, <coughs> like wheat and, and grapes, we don't mix them. Rebbe uh, Eliezer Omar, he added, there's another mitzvah that seems like it only has to do with land. He says that it applies outside the land, the mitzvah called Chadash, not using the new crop until the Omer is brought. What's happened, um, a few things. Uh, first of all, many of us grew up in the, uh, in the earlier times. Uh, the U.S. used to stockpile grain until they gave it to the Soviets and the other countries. We used to have like a 20-year supply. Um, I don't know if you remember, when we grew up in like the 70s and 80s, it was like, so there was no worry that we were eating the new crop. We were still eating crops 10, 20 years, uh, years ago. Uh, and uh, the, therefore, was not, we, people weren't overly concerned about doing that mitzvah. But um, actually now, um, I think they're down to like three years or something like that. To me, it sounds pretty good to have three years, but, it's, uh, but it is possible. People actually do use the new, the new grains, even though we've got old grains. And so it's become real. Um, also, there are more, um, the way the halacha works, uh, there are certain halachas that are more important for Svardim than for Ashkenazim, uh, depending on how you follow. And um, to the, uh, there are a lot more Svardim now that, uh, than when we grew up. And a lot of the Svardim follow, they keep Kaddish and Yashin. Uh, they, all, they wait for the new crop, and they won't eat, even though something is kosher, they won't eat, uh, use it unless they know that it's Yashin, that it's from the old crop. Uh, just as a note, that up north, it's very easy to do this mitzvah because the bakeries just use, uh, they have the warehouses where they buy uh, their flour from, are very happy to sell them last year's flour. They don't, know, they don't mind one bit. <laughs> and they, in the warehouses, the flour keeps up there. And uh, over here, it's a little bit more humid. And uh, the flour just doesn't last from year to year. And um, those people that have tried to keep this mitzvah have found that it goes bad. Um, the, the cereals and the flour, it, goes, it gets buggy. Um, the, there are very few people in Atlanta that do it. They freeze everything. They put it in the freezer, and that keeps the bugs out of it. Uh, but it's really a, quite a hard mitzvah to do. Uh, uh, I've, I only know two or three people that are really careful. Of, if, you, if you're gluten-free or you don't eat that much bread anyways, it's not so hard. <laughs> it's, it's anyways, you wouldn't. Yes, you know, they have these lists, they have these lists um, and there are many products that you're allowed to buy, and uh, it, it depends on the type of flour, and uh, you have to look at date codes and all kinds of uh, 
but it's, uh, it's becoming, uh, we're seeing more travelers from up north. And when you live in a city where it's easy to do this mitzvah, like all the bakeries that you live in and all the restaurants keep yashin, so without even thinking about it, you're keeping it. And so once you're doing that mitzvah and you just happen to be traveling for a week, you don't want to give up that mitzvah. And so, right. uh, so I, we start, we're starting to get those kind of questions all the time. You know, are you yashin? And so uh, I, I feel very guilty because it's really not... Um, we haven't been able to provide it in the food service areas. That uh, uh, you can buy plenty of yeshin. A lot of the a lot of the baked goods at Spicy Peach or everything from Israel's yeshin, because right. that's a mitzvah in the land. So I'm just pointing out that's a the Mishnah here says this is Rebbe Lezer. He seems to say that you should keep that mitzvah of chadash of not it's forbidden the new crop until the Omer, uh, but. Uh, uh, whether or not we follow that, that's kind of complicated, whether we hold like Rebbe Leazar, and uh, uh, I'm just pointing out there are individuals that do, and uh, you'll hear that word often, is that, well, this is, uh, I keep yashin. <laughs> what do you mean you keep yashin? That means I, I, I follow this rule of only using the old crop until the, till the Omer is brought. Second day Pesach. Okay, let's see the Gemara. My tulia, my sheinus tulia. So, uh, what does it mean, a mitzvah hanging? Very funny term, hanging on the land. So, what does that mean? Um, so what does the art school translate to, Leah? Depending. depending. Okay, that's the more official word, depending on the land. So, a mitzvah that's dependent on the land. So, what is the Gemara itself wants to know what that term means? It may be the word, it has to do with the Torah tells us that you only do the mitzvah when you come in the land. We were given oh, the mitzvahs at Har Sinai, we were still in the desert. And some mitzvahs, it said, well, wait till you get there. So if it's because, uh, so uh, we're at the, we're just starting the Gemara on the top of Lamed Zion, Amad Alas 37a. So what does it mean, mitzvahs that are dependent on the land? So maybe those mitzvahs that say when you come in the land, you will keep them, and, and even when you were in the desert, you didn't have to. And the mitzvahs that are not dependent on the loksi babia, the Torah didn't write that term when you come in the land. There's only one problem with that rule. Tefillin, it says when you come in the land, you'll put on tefillin, and redeeming the daunting, and those mitzvahs uh, we know, even though it sounds like they're only they it only you the Torah uses that term. The nagi bein barts bein bechutzarts they do apply. Uh, let's see the top tosus on the left side. Har tefillin pejel chamor pirsha kuntris the nagi bechutzarts. Guess what? We wear tefillin and chutzarts. Surprise. The ashkan bekamedukte the rabbanon amorai the bubble manuk tefillin. If you believe it or not, the Babylonian rabbis actually wore tefillin, even though they didn't live in Israel. Uh, sounds so funny to us. Why? What does tefillin have to do with Israel, right? But the Torah uses that word. But the Gemara is saying, and and obviously this mitzvah does apply outside the land of Israel. When's the last time you redeemed the donkey? Well, I guess if you had a firstborn donkey, you would. Uh, you don't have baby donkeys, do you, Michael? No, I, I, I've tried this. I hope, like I can't tell you how many times I've tried it. It's a very very hard thing to do. Really? It's. I, it, I, the donkeys, they cycle, they, this one's mean, this one's not. I've got one right now that, can't, I don't know if she's sterile or what, I just can't get her to be bred. Really? Okay. Two, this is two donkeys, two uh -huh. 
I see. Is what they call it. It's hard. I see. I, I wouldn't have... do that. I still have a goal to do, but I, don't uh-huh. want to I wouldn't have known that. Okay, I was yeah. just wondering why it doesn't happen that often. It, but it, I guess. It, it is. <laughs> and then let me tell you something. If it, if she has a girl, you got to throw everything out and start over from square one again. Right. Because right? she's not. Now she's right. not. Right. Right. born male. That's right. right. That's right. I see. Right. I so got gotcha. you. It, it's a hard. It is hard. It's not easy. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see if the Dafyomi gets the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still trying to do that. For that uh, <laughs> even though we're not in the land, we would do that mitzvah. But the, so those two don't fit the rules, so we've got to change our rule. That can't be what the, what, what the Mishnah means. So I'm going to Hachikomar. This is, so, and again, we know from our Dafyomi language, Hachikomar means that uh, it's, the Mishnah needs some explaining. In other words, maybe there, there's a few more words that go with it. Kol mitzvah shichovah those mitzvahs that depend on you, on uh, obligations on your body, those apply to each Jew. Bain boards, bain chuz, karka. But if there are obligations on the land, ain has nothing to do with the land. The donkey has nothing to do with the land. And the mitzvahs that have to do with land, uh, those are the, are, apply only in Israel. Manahani, we're going to know this from the Tanurabon and our rabbis learned. Eiluchuki medrasha samishpatim. Uh, these are the statutes and the drushes and the laws. So, Zu Mishnah. This refers to the things that were taught. Lasa Zu Maisa. The Eretz and the land. Yoko Kol Mitzvahs Kulim I would have said from here that all the mitzvahs only apply in the land. There is no question that there's a certain element of mitzvahs that. Uh, when they're even those that have nothing to do with land are more special when they're done in Eretz Israel. There's no question about that. That's the that's why um, if if uh, every Jew had the ability to go to Eretz Israel and and could easily live there, we would all do that. Because um, the mitzvahs, the best place to keep them are in the land. Even those that have nothing to do with land. That that's what it, that's what it's saying. I that's what I would have thought. It says that uh, those mitzvahs that while you're on the land. I would have said, as long as you're alive, no, only in Eretz Israel. So there's, this verse is coming out two ways. We're including some things and excluding some things. So it's including and excluding. So how do we know which ones are which? So the more they learn from what it says, the Indian it says, there's a mitzvah to wipe out idolatry, to destroy the places of the idols. Now, idols have nothing to do with land. That's a, you're obligated as an individual not to have any foreign gods with you. And it applies in the land, off the land. All those mitzvahs, even though they're, they're special in the land, but they would apply. So then we said the exception, uh, Orla and Klein. So, and then there was, uh, the Mishnah added the final view, Rebbe Eliezer said, even Chadash. So what does that mean, even Chadash? Even Chadash uh, applies outside the land, or even Chadash doesn't apply outside the land? What was, what was his two cents here? So he boiled, So was he coming to be lenient or coming to be strict? Was he coming to be strict? Tanakama, uh, the, the first view said that land mitzvahs don't apply outside the land of Israel besides Orla and Klaim, 
the Hilchas Gemiri, that's a special halacha Moshe Misinai, that even though those are land mitzvahs, they apply outside the land. Because you could, clearly those have to do with land. But uh, the new crop, that has to do with land too. I would have said, or it's in, or it's low. I would have said that doesn't apply. So, Kamash uh, Mulan, the Rebbe Lezer, added Chadash to the list of mitzvahs that apply outside the land. And if that's true, by the way, we all have to keep Yashin. Uh, so, my timer, and what's the reason? Because Moshe Acha Yerusha Yeshiva Mashma. It used the word when you're dwelling, Moshav. The Torah used that word Moshav in the Pasuk. Uh, and it said that your dwelling it, it, it meant even it, not just being in the land, it had to do with dwelling. Why? My time of Moshe, he understood it to word, the word Moshev, it doesn't uh, imply living in Israel, it implies wherever you dwell. We all dwell. <laughs> Do I, I don't like that word dwell because I don't think we use it so much today. But Moshe, we all live somewhere. So wherever you live, that's where you keep it. He darshans that word, uh, Moshev, to teach you wherever you are Yoshev, wherever you're hanging out, you get better keep Yashin. Why is that a strict or non-strict issue when it's a separate issue, when it's a separate, Yashin's not the same as Kalayim. It, it, that's what he's trying to say. It is the same. It, you'd have to keep it just like you can't. You're, oh, oh, even outside the land, you got to keep crying. Outside the land, you got to keep yashin. So that would be more strict. Yeah. That's mm. what they're yeah. Well, in other words, uh, usually land mitzvahs we don't have to keep in Israel. So he and we said, well, there's two exceptions. He's so, so being strict. He's throwing another exception. It'd be a third one. So that's one way to learn. Or maybe not. Maybe lekul dilma lekula pollock. Maybe he's being lenient. Hakikama. Tanakama, when the Tanakama said, besides Orlin Klayim, uh, he, he meant there were other exceptions. Besides Orla and Klayim, that were Halachas Moshe Messinai, and certainly, you, Chadash also, you would have to keep outside the land of Israel. The Moshe Because the Torah said, wherever you live. In other words, it. It used an unusual expression. It didn't say when you come into God's land. It said in your dwelling places. So it, 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 it should be a slam dunk that uh, you have to keep Yashin outside the land of Israel because it says Moshe. So and so Rebbe Lazar said, no, you don't have to keep it. The, the big deal is that he's, a, he's an individual, but what's the main opinion here? Is Rebbe, see, the first way is only Rebbe Lezer was strict. The second way is no. The Tanakhava, the main opinion was strict and said that the, lies, the rules of Yashin apply outside the land of Israel and only Rebbe Eliezer was lenient and saying, ah, no, they don't. Um, and again, it's because it uses that word Moshev, your dwelling places. The Moshev, Moshev applies where you dwell. And I, he said the word also, he meant on the first rule, on those mitzvahs that apply in the land, and this is not a mitzvah that applies in the land, this is a mitzvah that has to do with where you dwell. So, Tashma. So, there should be, it's, it's a big enough debate, there should be a proof to how to learn the Mishnah. So, Tashma, come in here, let's look at the sources to see if we can resolve this. Um, was Rebbe Eliezer uh, being strict or being lenient? So, Dom Rabbi, Mantan, and who's the one who argues Rebbe Eliezer? That's Rebbe Shmuel. That's Rebbe Shmuel, the Tanya, when it uses the word dwelling, that's referring to Eretz Yisrael, after it was uh, parsed out and after we lived there. 
So according to him, it is ref- the word dwelling is specific to Israel. Wait a second. By Shabbos also it uses the word where you dwell. So, and guess what? We have to keep Shabbos outside of Israel. So how can you tell me that the word dwelling maybe only means after you inherit the land and pass it down to your kids and everything? Uh, we see Shabbos, it uses that term, and Shabbos isn't, uh, does, isn't only in the land. Shabbos, we learn now, and it's logical. My mitzvahs, kalos, nogus, meimbarts, meimbarts, you find that even the light mitzvahs, mezuzah, whatever, it's hard to know what mitzvah they're calling light, but even a plain mitzvah applies outside the land. So those heavy-duty, super-duper mitzvahs like Shabbos, lo kosher came, certainly they would have. I mean, uh, being, we all know that a Jew is defined by Shomer Shabbos. You know, that's, that's what, uh, um, when we want to know, can a person testify in court, can you believe him? You don't have to know if he checks for shatness. You don't have to know if he has the mezuzah. You got to know does he keep Shabbos? You know, because Shabbos is not like any other mitzvah. It's it's the central central piece. You know, Shabbos is everything. That's like the one. Uh, uh, if you had any one mitzvah to pick, it would be Shabbos. You know, Shabbos is it. So uh, certainly the the big mitzvahs like Shabbos, you're going to have to be outside the land. We can't imagine. I, you know, oh, you don't live in Israel. You don't have to keep Shabbos. You're one of the, you're amongst those goyim who live outside, right? So, uh, who's the one who argued with Shmuel? He says clearly, you see, Rabbi Lazar was being strict. So the more said, Mikti. Let's see, Rabbi Shmuel What was he referring to? Maybe he was referring to a different halacha, the halacha of the liquid libations and the sachin. The question was. When did they start? Uh, there were the korbanos, and there were the libations. And sometimes they compare that to to the liquids and solids. You know, you bring the solid korbanos and you bring the libations. Um, it's a you, um, it, it's different. The halacha of the libations when you did the pouring, what that represents. It's a it's a whole you know the whole uh, whole unique concept of what libations are pouring out and the. So the question was, when did those go in effect? So uh, he was referring to that, on that halacha. As we turn the page, there it mentions only when you come in and you settle the land. That didn't apply right away. They didn't have, they didn't have the, it doesn't mention that when they were in the desert that they did the libations. Barbikiva said by Shabbos it uses that word when your dwelling places. Uh, and he said that Shabbos is logical. Certainly Shabbos applies outside the land. Uh, it sounds like that has nothing to do with the, the Shabbos has nothing to do with the argument about using the word when you come in and you settle. So the Lumur says Kadva Odkam. He meant there's two arguments. First of all, the even though, um, again, the question was which mitzvahs only apply in Israel. So first of all, he only said it uses the word when you come in and when you dwell, both. It's not just dwelling. It's coming into the land and dwelling. That, that's what, it, that's Bio Moshev. It's both of them. And we, even though you said that Shabbos, it does say dwelling, Shabbos Chavachomer. So in other words, there's two reasons why Shabbos has to be kept outside the land. 
even though the Torah uses the word Moshevos. First of all, it's not Moshevos alone, it's Bia and Moshevos. Coming in, if the Torah says, wait until you get there and dwell there, so Shabbos, it doesn't say that. And then besides that, it's rather obvious that you have to keep Shabbos outside of Israel. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the Kalvachomer with Shabbos? If you have to keep the light mitzvahs, uh, certainly the heavy-duty ones. Um, if you want to say that outside the land, mitzvahs don't apply, um, so why, does, why do the, mitzvah, the lighter mitzvahs apply? So uh, clearly the heavier ones do. The ones that you get cut off for and the ones that Torah mentions many times. And uh, uh, so if the, if the just plain lavin, like I said, if uh, you've got to keep Shatnas outside of Israel and you've got to have a mezuzah, you've you got to have to keep Shabbos. It's a, uh, um, the truth is we, uh, uh, it, it didn't, we didn't really see a Rashi on that, what the, what the Kavachom or Shabbos was. We're just, we're, we're, we're just using words like it's obvious and it's like... Uh, I would have said because Shabbos is a, a lav sheishbo kores. It's like a, you get cut off for it. That's what I would have said. Um, there is um, uh, there is a question about where does it say your dwelling place? Um, on Amun Aleph, uh, he brings that by Shabbos it says lo suvaru eish moshvoseichem. Don't have a fire in all of your dwellings. So maybe that means you're not allowed to have fire in Israel, but when you're outside of Israel, you're allowed, you know. Uh, but yeah, either way, um, uh, we're saying that Shabbos does apply. But there does seem to be an argument here about um, uh, which uh, 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 the liquid libations. So what is that argument about uh, between Rebbe Kiva and Rebbe Shmuel? Gemai Kamefugi. Shabbos they didn't argue on, but again, the Torah uses the words when you come in and you settle, and it, uh, does that mean those only apply in Israel or, or uh, do they, they apply all the time or not? So what are they arguing? So the Gemara answers, but my plea, what, what is there? Did they do the liquid libations in the desert? Ah, they didn't do them, only when they came in the land. Rabbi Kiva said, no, they did. And he learned it from a different... Uh, Tana that was taught in the Academy of Rabbi Shmuel, the Tana by Rabbi Shmuel. The Torah mentions coming in the land. Uh, and by, by many mitzvahs it says when you come in the land, but by one specific it says not just when you come in, after you come in and settle. Uh, so, so that's telling us that all of them would only apply once you come in and you settle. Um, and uh, therefore, the, the libations would only apply after you come in and you settle the land, but while you were running around in the desert, you don't got to worry about the libations. So, and the edict, the other opinion, says, Aye, it is true that it mentions coming in and settling. He says, Mishum Two of the mitzvahs that it mentions, it mentions it by two, if it mentioned it by one, we would have said, as we've had a concept before, that it's a, uh, the Torah means to tell us a rule that all these mitzvahs only apply when you get in. But once it says it by two, maybe it's only those two and not the other mitzvahs. The other mitzvahs applied even before you got in. What are the two that are mentioned? Melech, setting up a king, that only applies once you settle Eretz Israel, and Bikurim, the first fruits. You've got to live there to have the, right, the first fruits. 
So those are snakes who and boinka, they came together. And any time you have two things, uh, you can't learn out. So it means that these are the exceptions, not the rule. And so these mitzvahs only applied when you get in. But the other mitzvahs, like libations, eh, that happened even before you get there, you got to do that. Again, I, I think we're at a disadvantage in that we don't know really what the deeper significance of libations are. And I'm not going to tell you either. I could, you know, we could all guess and try to think about it. Um, it I would just say, like, uh, we have on Sukkot coming up, the Simchas Beza Shueva, that it, that's considered like one of the holiest uh, ceremonies was the, it says that people got prophecy when the pouring, uh, so, something's going on there with the pouring of the, uh, it's almost like a um, Hashem has a wellspring up there. Uh, and sometimes uh, he pours inspiration down to us and uh, our, our souls can get inspired from like a pouring and uh, uh, we can get recharged and get a new energy and it comes from like this pouring uh, that's this uh, the libations uh, and the question is uh, did they do it in the desert did they not do it okay conduit. I've heard it described as a conduit where certain times that um, those sprinklings are stronger uh-huh. and more concentrated into our neshamas than other times. Right, right. Okay, that's, that's a nice way to think of it. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. I don't remember where I heard that. Uh huh. Okay. That's a water libation, right? Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's again, and then once you get, once you know what libations are, so then you talk about wine and water, and yeah. right, right. Yeah. Water sometimes represents tears, and sometimes it represents Torah, and uh, it, it represents life. It's, it's all interesting stuff. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, to us, it sounds unusual. What's the difference whether they had libations in the dead? Well, again, it's because we don't know what libations really are. Or the, did they have wine? Uh, did they have wine in the desert? That's a good question. Uh, Adam is asking, did they have access to wine in the desert? Because they didn't, you know, if you lived in Israel and you aged, you know, and did they bring wine from Egypt? That's an interesting question. Did they have, I mean, I guess you could make fresh stuff, but it wouldn't be so good. It'd be grape juice. Or it'd be, it wouldn't have a uh, quick turnover. Or the, did the bear, did they have wine in the bear? The, I mean, it definitely talks about wine. Yeah, what, yeah, was it Richard? And ask, when, when it uses the term, this means that it's coming to teach the same halacha? What correct, correct. Exactly? That's what it means. It, 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 well, we're trying to have a limud, meaning we're trying to say if the Torah mentions it in one place, it wants us to be at what we call a binyanav, like a source for other things. Uh, and so let's say this is a source that these mitzvahs only apply when we are in the land. Uh, but once it writes it in two places, so it ends up being that the Torah is teaching us that this halacha applies only in those two places and not in other places. Um, and so it's, boi uh, in means they're teaching us the very same halacha. They're coming for that same, that same teaching, which in this case... Two is such a, minimum, uh, such a low number, I would think maybe yeah. three things. But uh, so we had that view. There is that opinion. There is that opinion, three things, does it? Uh, two, no, and three, yes. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Edech. And um, so one of the, the exceptions to the rule of Shnei Ksuvim, and this is, uh, we've been having trouble with this lately, the Shnei Ksuvim drushes. Every time we, we more writes it, it gets challenged. And the reason why is that if it, it, it's only if it didn't need to write it more than once. If the Torah wanted to give you a rule, it writes it once. 
and it's a binyanav, it's a, it's a rule for all times and all places. But if it wrote it twice, why did it need to write? It's totally unnecessary to write it a second time. It must be telling us that it's only true in those two and not in other places. But that's only, that, that's only true if those two places, it didn't need to write it, and it wrote it unnecessarily. And so then the purpose of writing it the second time was to say only there. But if we can say that it needed to write it for a different reason, then we can't say Sheikh Sufim. And that's where we're going now. The two separate. Yeah, they were needed. Yeah, was that Steve? It has to be two different, like on two different topics, right? Not, right. Not just repeating the same mitzvah twice, is that right? Correct. Snake suvin, two separate suvin. Two separate ones, okay. Is that what they are? Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's just that the two totally, totally different topics. I mean, it can't right. be true. So how can we say that the two of them are coming to teach us you know, a similar rule. I mean, they're saying that, of course, the king and the Kurum are telling two different things. At one point, you have settled, you have, at that point, you'll have a king, and the Kurum is you first have to plant and grow and right. go through the whole process. But, but, but the, since the Torah mentioned by both of those that they only kick in, we're only commanded to do them once we're in and we're settled, so um, uh, had it only mentioned by one, we would have assumed all the mitzvahs apply only when you come in and settle. But it didn't need to mention it by, by both of them. Uh, and the fact that it did is telling us that it's only true of those two mitzvahs only applied once we were in and we were settled and everything. But other mitzvahs apply even before that. Uh -huh. Then they wouldn't have done any mitzvah in the desert whatsoever. It would just be that the Torah is written, and when you come to Eretz Yisrael, you'll do everything that's in the dark. So we, we did have a certain amount of training, a certain amount of doing mitzvahs before the Torah was given. We did find some, but maybe we, you know, maybe that was just like practice or something. Or, that's a good point. I mean, Richard is saying, so if you're really going to say that, so you know, does that mean like they really didn't have to do any of that stuff? You know, so, uh, that's the example. What he's saying is the example when you have to clarify. That's when the third one comes <laughs> in to clarify. Right, that's right. right. Uh, but the Gemara wants to say, it, it, it's not extra that it wrote it here because I, would, I could have thought that these cases are different. And so it's really not a good example of Shnei Ksuvim. Why? Srika, I need it. Had it only wrote that a king, king has to do with the system of governing once you're in the land. I would have thought that Bikurim, even before you settle the land, the first thing that you, uh, the grow applies. Because, um, I, I would have said that a king is different. Because of Bikurim, and had it only wrote in the first fruits of Lokas of Meluk and not the king, Havmina Melukud, the dark Lukvish altar. I would have said um, a king uh, conquers right away. Uh, and the Edak Nikta Rahmana Meluk. And the other one, the Torah could have written the king, and I wouldn't have needed to write first fruits. Anamina, my Melech, the Likvish, the Achirushivishiva, a king who conquers after he's settled, Lo Kolshakain, Bikurim, certainly the first fruits apply right away. The Edak, on the other opinion, Ikasavach, he had it said that, Havamina, Mida, Haviachala. I would have thought it's like Chala. Chala applies even before we settle in the land. Kamash Malan, that it, it's only when you settle in the land. So it had it not written it by the first fruits, I would have said as soon as you make food, you got to bring the first fruits, or as soon as a king gets into the land. 
um, another difference of Islam because when mm. it came to the king, it was really discouraged. They really did not want us to have a king. And it was like, and when you come to the land and when you say you want to be like the other nations that are around you and you want a king, I mean, Shmuel wasn't very happy with them putting a king on them. So the ideal world would have been no king, uh, just with a Navi and a Shofet, and but Bikurim is, is a certainty. So uh, again, you're, we're bringing uh, the example from a, uh, they're not really completely parallel mm-hmm. situations. I see. Which is the reason uh, that there is this, uh, there's this opinion is agreeing with you that it had to write it here because these are not, uh, these, these are so different. Uh, but it's really, a, a, what Richard is mentioning is it's the, the whole concept, if there's a mitzvah to have a king, so why did uh, Shmuel give Klai Yisrael such a hard time when they asked for a king? They were just trying to do the mitzvah. And why did why did it take us so long till we got there? And what does it mean? You know, it, it, it was a lot more than being in the land. It almost sounded like we really tr- should try to avoid having a king. So, but that's a, that's really a, a, a subject, really, of why what was going on there with the king, and is it because they wanted a king like the goyim, and, and this is a king like like the Jewish people would have a king, like you know, is it a little different? Um, where it's relevant is that we're in the Aseris Yemei where we have to mention Hashem's kingship, you know. So there's a there's a nuance about what it, well, what what's wrong with mentioning uh, Hakel Hakadosh? Why does it have to be Hamelach Hakadosh? Right? There's a concept of of uh, uh, of having a king, you know. What what does that do? But uh, but okay, uh, back to the Gemara. There is. I just wanted to do the Rashi. What does it mean? It's the style of a king to conquer. Yesimu alehem la'alter. Maybe the king should be placed on you right away. I mean, wouldn't it be good to have a king to conquer Eretz Israel? Why wait until you're already in the land? Wouldn't it have made more sense to have the king, uh, you know, uh, lead you, lead you in battle? Like that's the uh, that's part of what the Gemara is asking, and that's really part of what Richard is asking about this. The you know when what, what how does that mitzvah apply? Anyways, back to the Gemara. Once we're saying that these do apply in the land and outside the land, so why then did the Torah write your dwelling places? Um, yeah, why would it say it? So Lamar said, it's trick, it is needed. Why? I would have said, Shabbos is written uh, together with the other holidays. I would have said, Tiboy Kiddush, that you need uh, to declare the Shabbos, just like you need to declare the months, like Shabbos Mavorchen, you'd have a shot, you'd have a, a Shabbos would need to be declared, Kamash Balon, that no, it's, it's, uh, it, it doesn't have to do with the, the declaration of Basin, wherever you live. Uh, and then why does it say, Moshe of Gabe Adam? about not eating blood and fat, what does that have to do with dwelling? Lamali Yitzchak, I'll tell you why. Since we got those mitzvahs, the blood was uh, offered on the Mizbeach and the fats were offered on the Mizbeach. I might have said, That's when you can't bring the, the blood and the fat. That's when it's forbidden. But if there's no korban, maybe you could eat the blood and the fat. No. Moshe of the custom, why did the Torah write Moshe by Matzu Mar Lamali? The Mar said, it's, I'll tell you why. It says that you eat matzah and more together with the Korban Pesach. Maybe you only have to keep Pesach when you have the Korban Pesach. 
the lekka korban pesach lo kamash malon that no wherever you live, it's needed. I be it a kasserone by a bitvelin u petachamor lamili. Why does it mention it? So what's happening here is that we're noticing that by a lot of the mitzvahs, it seemed to emphasize the coming into the land or your dwelling places. And we're asking why, if it didn't, if those mitzvahs apply even outside the land uh, and outside the dwelling places, even if you're living nowhere, you got to keep Pesach, right? So why did it mention it? So now we're going back and showing in each place what it taught. So why did it mention it by Tfilin and Petrachamur? The answer is we need it for the following halacha. Uh, do this mitzvah, and in that mitzvah, the merit of this mitzvah, you'll merit Eretz Yisrael. It took a lot of merit to get the miracles to defeat the enemies in Eretz Yisrael, and uh, it's, it's saying, do these mitzvahs. So Wait, be sh- do these mitzvahs, chus la'aretz, so do you merit, you get the zechus to come in there? That's correct, that's right, or, or, right, that's right, in the, or in the desert. Um, so be shleim, the mind of Moshe, kol mokr shatam, yoshri mashva, if you say that Moshev means wherever you live, um, we'll, we'll take this line of reasoning uh, tomorrow from the, the three lines from the bottom. Okay, have a good day, everybody. Be well.